What's up, guys? Rick here with your DFS preview for this week's Zozo Championship. Very similar to last week. We're getting 78 golfers in the field. It'll be a no-cut event, but we are injecting Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, Webb Simpson, Patrick Reed, a couple other names into the mix for this week. Uh, hat tip to Jason Kokrak. Uh, for claiming the CJ Cup last week. It was kind of funny. He came up on the live chat. There was this uh, tip that he played at uh, Shadow Creek quite a bit. I think I mentioned it on the live chat. We went back and forth for a little bit, and I kind of just jokingly tweeted out that it was Coke Rack Week, but... Sometimes jokes turn into reality, uh, and I and people sent me a lot of winning tickets. So congratulations on your on your eighty or one hundred to one on your Coke rack ticket. Uh, there will be another live chat this week, uh, Wednesday. We'll do it again, three p.m. Eastern time. Uh, that'll be your kind of last minute question and answer. Everything about the Zozo Championship. We will look ahead and do a live chat there. Also, everything you see in this video, as always, is from Rick Rungood. That's my website, growing database, lots of great, awesome things coming in the next couple of weeks. If you would like to win a subscription to rickrungood.com, there are two ways to do so. If you are on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed to the Rick Run Good YouTube channel. Like this video and comment below with who is going to win the Zozo Championship. Easy enough. And then the other way to win is to leave a five-star rating and review on the podcast version of this show. It's called 300 Yards to Unknown. I will link it in the description. Uh, Leave a five-star rating and review. Say something nice about the show and leave me a Twitter handle to get in touch with you. I'll put you in a draw and I will pull out some winners next week. Uh, I have winners from the survey that I asked you to take a couple of weeks ago. I've been contacting people, getting their addresses because I said I'd swag you up. Uh, So I'll announce those hopefully next week as I get in contact with everybody and and get their information and and whatnot. Um, All right. I think that's it. Let's jump into this week's Zozo championship. The course it's Sherwood country club. So let's, let's roll through this here uh, and talk about what's going on. So because of COVID-19, because of obviously a lot of travel restrictions, uh, like last week, the CJ cup getting moved to Las Vegas, this event, which used to be held the one time it existed in Japan, uh, is now moved to Sherwood country club, which should sound familiar. If you played any of the tiger woods video games, it should sound familiar. Uh, but this was the host of tigers event, the world challenge event. Now it's the hero world challenge, but it's had, like six other names since then, that 18-man field um, that's usually held in like December. It's it's that event. So Tigers won this five times. He's finished runner-up five times. Uh, I think it hosted from 2000 to like 2013, 2014. So a, a, a bit ago, it's been at least six years. Um, it was an 18-man field when we had it. It'll obviously be bigger this year. 72 on the par, par 72. Uh, about 7,100 yards. The thing to take away from this is uh, five par fives. So that's unique on the PGA Tour. The only other one that we could come up with in the slack was Monterey Peninsula is the only other course with four, with five par fives on it that the PGA Tour regularly plays. So you might want to look at par five scoring. It is a unique aspect of this course. Um other things we know about it. Jack Nicholas design. It is now bent grass. I'm reading this article here. It seems like they went through a major, uh, I don't want to call it a redesign, but like they, they added a bunch of irrigation in 2015. It used to, it looks like it used to be Bermuda greens, now bent grass greens. Of course, I mentioned the Jack Nicholas design. Um, 
private course, doesn't get a lot of play, beautiful, should be all good. Um, if you want to look at this field, so uh, so because last note on, same thing as last week, you know, not enough data to go on for uh, a correlation model. So I don't have the key stats for you and there's not enough recent data. I didn't want to force the key stats this week, right? It's been at least six years since we've seen this play on the PGA Tour. They were only 18 man fields. It was kind of like an invitational status. So I didn't, I didn't want to force the key stats. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna pass on them again. I'm showing you uh, the key stats on the model that are for all the aggregate, the average of all PGA Tour events is is what you are looking at here and uh you can sort any of you know the pga tour scoring categories um for for this field as well so for example if i wanted to look at par 5 scoring average i can see that xander shoffley john rom daniel berger justin thomas and patrick cantlay are top five in par five scoring average i can do par five birdie or better if that's a stat that i think is going to be important this week but uh, guys that can really take advantage of those par fives you'd think uh would be great here especially considering you know the scores historically and again long time ago haven't been that deep under par like mid-teens under par so i don't expect this to get to like 25 under or anything like that but i do expect the guys to struggle a bit more on the threes and the fours and then hopefully in theory be able to score on the par fives that's my thesis we'll see how it plays out over the course of the next week or so let's jump over to the cheat cheat the fact that pricing came out so late from DraftKings today really had me all in uh, in stitches on a Monday. But what we've got, six golfers over $10,000, but one of them is Dustin Johnson. And like 30 minutes after the salaries dropped, it was official word that he had withdrawn from this event, which we kind of knew. I thought that that's maybe what they were waiting for the, for the pricing for. Um, uh, but I guess not. So DJ's listed at 10,800. He's not playing this week. This is, you know, he tested positive for COVID uh, before the CJ Cup last week. Not back in action yet. So he's out. 10,800. So it does put a little bit of a gap uh, in this $10,000 range, which is led off by Xander Shoffley at 11,200, who now arguably is maybe the hottest player on the planet, right? I mean, we can look at Xander. And I actually want to look up historically because I bet you um, this might be the most expensive he's ever been. He's ever been. I'll look this up in a second. But let's just look at the last you know handful of weeks from Xander Shoffley. The results are there. The way he's doing it is is phenomenal. He's not only playing well, uh, great from tee to green. He gained you know twelve strokes from tee to green at the Memorial. Uh, has, has been a positive every week for like the last twelve weeks. Gained eight and a half last week at the CJ Cup. Also, now he's rolling the rock much better over the course of his last three starts. So, I mean, he's just absolutely locked in. Let's see if this is the most expensive he's ever been. So, he is 11200 this week. Yeah, it's the first time he's ever been, at least in the last like three years, which is what my database goes back to. Uh, it's the most expensive he's ever been. The other times he's been over, you know, 10,009, finished 63rd at the RBC Heritage in 2019. Um, 10,800, he finished second at WGC HSBC in 2019. He finished second at the Century Tournament of Champions. He was expensive there. So he, he has paid it off quite a bit. Uh, quite frankly, uh, but but this is a, a really big 
number on him, the likes we've never seen before. I don't really have any knocks on him. The only knock is that he's 11,200, and you have to figure out if, if you can fit him into your lineups. Otherwise, there's really no concern about his form, about his, about his recent play. I'll, I'll probably continue to um, just play Justin Thomas until he <laughs> until he wins. You know, he's, he's probably the best Tita Green player uh, in this field, maybe on earth. And he just continues to lose strokes putting. So if you go back and look at the the live leaderboard from last week, there were only two golfers in the top 20 who gained strokes from Tita Green and lost strokes putting. It was Bubba Watson. It was Justin Thomas. Jason Day, I believe, probably would have been one of those guys, but he withdrew. Uh, actually, John Rahm might have been another one. So there might have been three of them. Uh, but either way, those are the guys that uh, you think it's coming around on. We'll talk more about Bubba in a second. But what are we supposed to do with Rory? You know, I'm, I'm very interested to see about the live chat on, uh, on Wednesday and see what his ownership is going to be, because I think you're going to get a pretty good number on him. Now let's look at his strokes gain database here, because I've mentioned this before, but we haven't talked about this in a couple of weeks since the restart, which is 12 now 12 starts ago for Rory McIlroy. It's right here. Uh, Charles Schwab championship or Charles Schwab challenge. Excuse me. He has been pedestrian on approach, uh, including the nearly four strokes that he lost on approach last week at the CJ cup. That to me is the big, big, big concern. And I've been waiting for him to just flip the switch, figure it out. Um, you know, find something in his game, but now we're like 11 or 12 weeks into this and I'm starting to get a little bit worried. Now, the good news is even with losing four strokes on approach last week, finished 21st. I mean, the floor is so high with him, and this is his worst of, uh, approach performance since here, 2018 Honda Classic. I kind of think Rory's like a sneaky GPP kind of contrarian play, but I'm going to have to wait and see what that ownership number looks like. So check back in in that live chat on Wednesday because I think he might be someone to target in, in some of your GPP lineups. Before we get into the 9K range, I am going to flip over to the Holy Grail here a second. This is part of the Strokes Gain database tool. Um, I am going to, uh, actually, I'm going to do since the restart. I want to see how all these players in this field are doing since the restart. We have such a, a great sample size of tournaments. And we're just going to sort by Strokes Gained total. And, and it bears out. I mean, Xander Shoffley, the best player on tour. Since the restart, he's averaging nearly two strokes per round. It's unbelievable stuff. DJ would have been second. He's out. So there's a pretty big gap between Xander and Justin Thomas, who is the next best player. And then, oh, here's that 9K range. There's Webb Simpson, $9,700, always overlooked, gaining 1.57 strokes per round since the restart, the third best out of anybody in this field. You gotta love it. Uh, I mean, I don't think there's much more to say. He's always just kind of a plug, plug and play option. But I will tell you, one of the most interesting golfers to me is is Patrick Reed, and I want to pull up his his strokes gain database here for a second because there's a couple of things to consider about Patrick Reed. Um, he he's kind of like the anti Tiger, right? Which is Tiger always gets the bump because the public loves him. And his odds are always kind of shorter than they should be. And his, and his salary is always kind of more than it should be. Uh, Patrick Reed, the opposite. You know, he's not a very popular player. Um, 
the odds are always a little bit longer than I think they should be. The price always a little bit lower than I think it should be. He's 25 to one to win the Zozo championship. And a lot of people are going to kind of forget about him. You know, he didn't play last week, the CJ cup two weeks ago, he finished third on the European tour in a premier event, but you know, a lot of people aren't paying attention to that. Um, So it's been a while since we've kind of even considered Patrick Reed. You know, the last time anybody kind of saw him in theory was the U S open. He finished 13th there finished eighth at the tour championship. I actually think, think he finished seventh. If you remove the starting strokes, like we know he's this big game hunter, right? Or at least a low key, big game hunter, eight wins on the PGA tour. Two of them are WGC events. Two of them are playoff events. One of them is a tournament of champions. And one of them is the masters short field, uh, highly dense with a lot of really good players. Some of them are no cut events. Like this is kind of a perfect situation for Patrick Reed. I, I I'm very interested to see how the ownership shakes out over the course of the next couple of days. Uh, but my goodness, he he's, I think he's a, a really good play right now. And I'll be interested to see what the rest of the public thinks about Victor Hovland, uh, very much under the radar, finishing 13th at the U S open 12th at the CJ cup, continuing to just be a tee to green Maven, uh, certainly love that situation as well. And I think I'm, I'm contractually obligated to talk about tiger woods here at 9,000. Um, here's the problem with tiger and let's, let's, let's just pull him up here real quick. Uh, I know he's finished second here five times. I know he's won here five times. I think we are pretty far removed from the 2014 version of Tiger Woods. And here's my big issue. Um, In five of his last six starts, he's been pretty bad with the putter. He's lost strokes putting. He did gain at the U.S. Open, but uh, spraying that driver, not allowing him to take advantage of his elite iron game, kind of put him behind the eight ball a little bit. Obviously, this is going to be a place that he uh, knows very well, uh, but I'm a bit concerned that, you know, he just hasn't played well enough. And this might be a look ahead. You know, football has these look ahead games. Is this this just a look ahead to Augusta? Go out there and just try to uh, hit some shot shapes that you might have to use at the Masters in a couple of weeks. I mean, we're presumably only going to see him here. And at Augusta uh, for a while, right? I don't know when the next time he would he would tee it up at, uh, especially because they just canceled the Hero World Challenge as well. So I, I don't even know when the next time we're going to see him after the next uh, month or so is going to be. And the putter's been a real bugaboo. And that, to me, is kind of enough to, to keep me off him. I, I need to see better signs of life from Tiger uh, before I start investing in him because, quite frankly, if he wins, I'll be happy anyway. I don't care if he plays well, I'll be happy, but I don't think it'll be part of, uh, my portfolio too much, so to speak. I promise we talk about Bubba. Um, and we will, uh, so Bubba is, (laughs) I'm not a Bubba guy. You know, I, I don't, I don't usually like Bubba all that much. I don't play him. If I do, it might just be at, you know, the three places that are Bubba tracks, right? TPC River Highlands, Augusta National, and um, Riviera. Those are the three spots that that Bubba is just absolutely, absolutely dominated at. But if you look back at the CJ Cup last week, uh, Bubba Watson leads the field in strokes gained. Tita Green, he finished seventh. You go back one week, you go to Shriners, right? He played Shriners, didn't he? Did my man play Shriners? No, maybe it was the U.S. Open, actually. So hold on, U.S. Open. U.S. Open, I think, was the last two times we saw him. 
Yeah, here we go. Uh, gains 10.99 strokes from T to green. So he was first in the field in T to green at CJ Cup last time we saw him. Time before that, he was sixth in the field in strokes gain T to green. Of course, it's always going to come down to that putter. But if I'm going to be the strokes gain T to green guy, if I'm going to be hashtag team no putt, sometimes I got to eat my own dog food. And I think this is the week to play Bubba. Also, he is one of the few guys who have played this event, that World Challenge event, multiple times. You know, it's usually only the veterans, right? Like, Older guys, Adam Scott, Paul Casey, Tiger, Phil, Bubba. Like, Bubba's played in this event four times in the 18-man version of this. I think the last time he played it was 2014, and I think he finished in a tie for third then. So there's there's some things brewing. I think if I'm going to follow my own advice, then I've got to play Bubba in some form or another this week at $8,700. Going further down the list... um, you know, certainly not going to buy back in on, on Jason Kokrak. Now he's 8,600 Joaquin Neiman, uh, Joaquin Neiman's really interesting because, you know, he, he opened up with a, an even par round of 72 last week at the CJ cup, which is not great, but then he played well after that. So I've just sorted this by, uh, Friday through Sunday strokes gain total aggregate score or whatever you want to call it. Joaquin Neiman was fourth best in this field and we've seen him get hot at times uh i I think that he that he does translate well to a lot of courses and and the skill sets the skill set's really nice so eighty four hundred dollars for joaquin neiman is something that i'm probably pretty interested in then you get sub 7k and and sub 7k i'm a little bit worried um you know the the top of the sevens you, you know i can make a case for adam scott i can make a case for ricky fowler you know jason day I'd be really like he played well for three rounds and then he woke up with a neck cramp or whatever it was. He triple bogeyed his first hole on Sunday and he withdrew. But I mean, he was within striking distance. He was like top 10 through three rounds. Now, what do we do? No idea. I'll be interested to see if he does end up withdrawing uh, as I record this on Monday, still technically in the field. We'll, we'll see. But man, that's a huge question mark, especially because he's going to probably come in at such a low number. You might only have to be, I don't know one out of 10 lineups to be, to be a slightly overweight on Jason day. That that's definitely a Wednesday live chat guy. We should, we should consider, um, Gary Woodland had a historically poor off the T game last week. So I've just cleared all filters, all filters. Uh, and I'm going back six seasons and I'm going to sort by the worst off the T starts out of anybody and uh some of them are like you know david duvall playing the open championship yeah like okay yeah he's playing on past champion status uh michael kim at the century tournament of champions like there's some there's some extenuating circumstances on a lot of these but gary woodland's right here it's like the ninth worst off the tee start ever in my database in the last six seasons, he lost 11.2 strokes off the tee for a guy who's supposed for that. That's supposed to be his weapon. I think he actually said he's uh, been playing through a bit of an injury. So maybe that is, is what's going on. I, I, I can't, I can't touch that moving forward. So, so I, I'm starting to focus down on the bottom end of the $7,000 range. And there's one name, there's one name that keeps staring at me. Sebastian Munoz, 7,200. I was, stunned like i i feel like i woke up monday morning and was like what did sebastian munoz do last week like what what did he finish 50th no ninth just low key without anybody knowing it 
uh, puts together four solid rounds and finishes ninth. Uh, now he's got, you know, top 20s at the Northern Trust, the BMW Championship, the Tour Championship. He played well at Sanderson. He played fine at Shriners. Like, this has been a pretty good run for Sebastian Munoz. And if you think birdies matter, uh, basically like the last three or four years, Munoz has been inside the top 30 in uh, in birdie average on the PGA Tour. So I, I can't believe I'm just like straight steaming Sebastian Munoz at this point, but like I, I think it's well deserved that a number that's that's very good. Uh, Lonzo Griffin, you you know the flow chart. Sub six k, sub seven k, you play him. Over seven k, you don't. Somebody joked like Rick, you're gonna get him at se- at a flat seven thousand next week. Then what are we gonna do? Uh, yeah, flat seven k. Lonzo Purgatory, Purgatory, as uh, Reed Fowler put it on Twitter. Um. No idea what to do. I mean, jokingly, yeah, I, I think he's a fine play. I think he rode the the putter a little bit uh, last week, but he was also like top ten in strokes gained off the approach on on approach, I believe. So he's still striking it well. He catches a hot putter. He has a really good week, even though he probably was disappointed with. I think he was even even on Sunday, and he dropped to seventh. He probably wishes he could have done something a little bit better than that. But uh, he kind of broke the the flow chart this week. But uh, I, I would I would be warm to him, not super hot to him, just because you don't know if he can follow up a a putting performance like he had last week. Um, interesting name that I have to talk about that we rarely talk about anymore, and it's Jordan Spieth. He's sixty nine hundred dollars, and I want to go back to the game logs because. Um, I could not find, actually, that's not true. I have one other instance since at least the last three years of Jordan Spieth being cheaper than he is right now. He was $6,900 this week. He was $6,600 at the Hero World Challenge in 2019. But again, that's an 18-man field. The pricing's kind of wonky. You got to kind of write that off. So we are talking about essentially the first time Jordan Spieth has been under $7,000 in the last three years. It's really incredible stuff. And while I hate the state of the game, I, I, I hate the state of the game for Jordan Spieth. Everything is going wrong. What he still does is he still makes a ton of birdies. And I can't believe I'm even considering uh, kind of endorsing him. But let's let's look at this. You know, we go back to the live leaderboard from last week and you sort this by fantasy points and you look at it and you say, wow, OK, um, you know, Jordan Spieth finished 38th in the tournament, T38, but he finished 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13th in DraftKings scoring. Think about that. Uh, and that's very much on brand for him, right? Someone who is going to make a triple, which hurts you more in the tournament than it does on DraftKings. Someone who's going to make a lot of birdies, who can get you a lot of streaks. And now he's the cheapest he's ever been. You could really make a case for now being a buy spot on Jordan Spieth, which is crazy. The game's so bad, but the style of play translates itself significantly better for fantasy purposes than it does for... Um, actual like like golf pga tournaments then it starts to get pretty wonky down here now you you have the benefit of you know the 6k range offering um real pga tour pros who play every single week and also guys who are here on sponsor exemptions they're here from the japanese tour uh like those final you know 12 spots in the field that are that are kind of doled out to brad kennedy and nick 
and 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 Chan Kim and uh, Sean Norris and guys like that. Uh, so I think there's there's a big discrepancy between someone like an Adam Long at 6400 and a um, you know Shugo Imihara at 6200 or Brad Kennedy at 6100. I think the the, the skill gap is actually a lot bigger than the pricing gap. Uh, but you know, I'm not super excited to play any of these guys. I, I, I understand the, the upside in a Kevin Streelman as a ball striker, uh, Benny on as well, but he's losing, you know, six strokes, six strokes putting every single week. Adam Hadwin. I mean, there's, they're, they're definitely better than some of their peers here. I, I just think none of them I'm excited about, right? I'll, I'll kind of take a scatter shot approach. I'll understand what I'm, what I'm taking on. If some of these guys were to make, make my lineup. Uh, let's build a custom model real quick. All right. Custom model on rickrungood.com. Uh, going through a major, uh, I don't know, undertaking a big makeover behind the scenes. Hopefully I'll have that ready soon, but this is a, uh, model for this week and I've got 100 weights I can distribute. Well, let's, let's be obvious here. Let's do, uh, let's do a big chunk on T to green 35 on T to green, because that's to me always one of the most important stats. Let's do a big chunk on par five scoring. Let's do 30 on par five scoring. You get the extra par five. It's rare. Let's take an opportunity to weigh it. Um, let's do birdie or better. Let's try that. Let's do 20 on birdie or better, which kind of overlaps a bit with the par five scoring. So I've got 15 weights, remaining. Ooh, what could I do here? I don't want to double up anything too much. Let's do three putt avoidance. That might be good. Putting greens and regular. Let's do, let's just do, let's just do distance. Driving distance. Always going to be something that comes in handy. Let's run this model. Oh boy. Okay. My, I've got a star, I've got a star studded uh, model result here. So my, my best golfer, and this is pretty close between the top three. Justin Thomas ranks number one for me. John Rahm, number two. Oh, DJ's three, but he's out. So not that close. Uh, then you go to Rory McIlroy at four, at uh, three then. Xander at four. Makes sense. And then Scotty Scheffler becomes the first value play. Hideki and Cantlay. I'm not a big Cantlay guy at the moment. I think that, uh, unfortunately... You know the three, the first three rounds he played at the sh- at the Shriners uh, are starting to look a bit more like an outlier in the last couple of months for him, and he did it at a place that he's had unbelievable success. So I can't even give him too much credit for it. I hope I'm wrong. You know, Cantlay's floor used to be t12, t14, and then he'd snap off and maybe win or contend. Uh, the floor seems a bit lower at the moment. Hatton back up there on my on my um, on my model, followed by Finau, Berger, Morikawa. Webb Simpson. So these are guys that I don't think there's too many surprises here. It is so Munoz does end up being one of my my better value plays, right? The only three guys in maybe the top twenty of this that are sub seventy five hundred are Gary Woodland, who is so extreme right now, I, I don't think I could play Ryan Palmer, which makes sense, and then um, and then Sebastian Munoz. So maybe those are the two guys at the bottom of the seven K range that I will target uh, with some of my shares down there as well. All right, I think that'll do it. It's a tiger week. It's a uh, no cut week. So barring anything crazy, we're going to get four rounds from everybody. Uh, you can win access to these tools via a couple of different ways to enter a draw, rickrungood.com. Uh, lots of content coming this week as usual in the live chat uh, Wednesday, uh, Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern time. I will see you there. Tweet me at rickrungood or leave a comment below and best of luck this week. I'll talk to you guys soon.